Christmas is behind us. 2016 is a few days away, which officially means it's time for Verbal Tap Part 2 Bonus Christmas Special. Raph and I literally can't stop interviewing people. We tried many times, but something pulls us back into it. It's, you know, that moment right before GSP was doing those fitness videos and those long 200 meter sprints i think i'm digressing but you know the intensity that's where raf and i are you know we can't stop we just turn it on and it goes for 200 meters and we interview everyone in sight sometimes it's good sometimes it's about an mma sometimes it's nobody's business but we persist here is part two we're so excited we're talking to uh, an mma science fiction author yeah they exist and we found one he kind of found us but we interviewed him anyway, because that's our policy. And tons of fun ensues. Please check it out. Here it is. As always, Raph and I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you listening. We hope you're having a Merry Christmas. We hope you're about to have a very happy New Year. Verbal Tap fans, it's Christmas. It's the season of giving. Most of you have an MMA or a jiu-jitsu loved one in your life. Why not a book? And you're probably thinking, I've read most of the biographies. I agree, Raph. That's I why we need some fiction. Most people are thinking, though, is why is Kevin giving a recommendation for books when he's clearly illiterate? Exactly. <laughs> the <laughs> Combat Codes by Alexander Darwin. Haven't read it, so my literacy credentials notwithstanding. I'm throwing it out as a suggestion because he's a brown belt and they're a dangerous breed. Alexander is on the line with us this evening here to chat some jujitsu. And maybe if we get him fired up, his passion about paperback versus Kindle. Stay tuned. people. You can hear people being like, oh, God, skip to that part. Uh, Alex, how are you hey guys, doing? How's this it evening? going? Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We are stoked. Why did you sit down? Were you already thinking which came first? The idea to write a book about jiu-jitsu or just the idea to write a book? I'm curious. It was really a combination of things. As far as writing a book, it's something I'd kind of really wanted to do. Just one of those things you know you want to do, you know, probably since I was in high school and just it's just, you know, you need to really put aside the time to do it. It took about two and a half years. Um as far as the content of the book being, you know, mixed martial arts, jujitsu, and sci-fi, which se- sounds like a weird kind of a weird blend. Um, that that sounds like it came, is. Jujitsu yeah. is weird. <laughs> sci-fi is weird. I mean, they're Blending all really just, you know they say write about what you like, and those are really my passions. I love you know science fiction, fantasy. I'm a nerd, professed nerd. Um, been reading you know fantasy and science fiction books since I was a little kid. Um, and as far as jujitsu, you know, I've been doing it for about ten years now. I figured I might as well write about something that, you know, a bunch of things that I love. Um, so I figured I would write about that. Um, as far as the, the content of the book, part of it came about when I was doing a little bit of research online. And just, as you said, there's, you know, there's a ton of nonfiction for jujitsu, even for MMA, you know, like Ronda Rousey has that new book, which was a New York Times bestseller. 
Um, it's about her life. I'm sure she you know, had a ghostwriter or something of that sort to write it. How but, dare you? Um, this most is of not the your out space. There <laughs> you stay in your territory, fiction man. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> yeah. Not to, not to, you know, I love those books. I've read a bunch no, of them. No, of course. Um, I, mean, I Carlos, pray she had a... Carlos Gracie book. Yeah, of course they had help. <laughs> the new um, Carlos Gracie book. Yes. Um, but there's just a ton of that stuff. And as far as fiction... Really, it's far and few between. I know I've read like a few, like I've read um, Cauliflower Chronicles, which that's not even really fiction even. That's um, more of a biography, even though I'm sure there's a little bit of fiction. Um, so I was saying, you know, what what is available on Amazon? And if you go right now and type in, to this day, MMA fiction into Amazon, you'll be very surprised at the results. I mean, I don't know if you'll be surprised. Maybe you've done it before. It's just like pretty much all... Um, romance novels i guess they're borderline yeah, erotica um, <laughs> I don't know who they're targeted i don't know who these are targeted at um but they're essentially just books about you know these uh dalliances with fighters um with mma fighters and if you look at the covers of the books it's just like all bare-chested fighters and that's the marketing so it's like there's got to be a bunch of mma fans who who maybe aren't interested in that that are that are looking for actual mma fiction or some sort of story that contains a bunch of jujitsu and mixed martial arts and don't want that so i figured hey there's kind of a niche for this let's let's do it so really about this this is where i come in here yeah alex a couple questions i mean would you call it a leap in logic that you just saw all these romance novels and you said, <laughs> you know what this thing is I mean, missing? Some hardcore combat. Some masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been, those, those novels may have already been in my browser history. I, I'm not necessarily going to say if that's true or not, but I was going to ask how borderline erotica. I was like, wait, I need you to give me specifications. You know what qualifies as borderline? And I guess the second follow-up question is, how much reading research did you have to do when you were going through those books? Did you have to read them and go, well, he swept me off not. his feet, <laughs> a romance novel. I think I actually just out of interest, you know, sometimes with, uh, with paperbacks on Amazon, you can click through and read like the first few chapters. So I did check them out just to see what, what the competition was and pretty much what I thought they would be really very little about, mixed martial arts and more a lot more on the romance side so okay so when you realize that you have a market a potential market to doing all of this what was the reaction like and who was the first person you told you were going to be writing a book because i feel like the first person you're telling you're writing an mma book probably has the thought that you're writing one of those novels yeah i I figure i think i probably told my wife at some point, although my whole philosophy on that sort of thing, I didn't actually tell people until fairly recently after I finished the book, just because, <laughs> you know, when when you're working on something like that, I feel like I kind of jinx. I don't know if it's me being from Boston and just being kind of superstitious or what, but I feel like when I talk about stuff, I end up not doing it. So I feel like I just kind of kept it a secret and, you know, just tried to write as much as I can. But I probably told my wife and my wife was uh, nice enough to put up with me kind of, you know, bouncing ideas off of her every morning at breakfast. I'm sure she was very sick of that. Let's also <laughs> discuss the fact, does your wife train as well? No, my wife did not train. I've made her watch probably, you know, hundreds of UFC fights. And, you know, I'm so happy that she's still with me. 
So you've subjected her not only to tons of fights, I'm sure some grappling either competitions or oh, nights constant, away from things. Constant, and then you said, hey, constant, honey, yeah. um, here's an extra fun bonus thing I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to take two years of my life to continue not seeing you uh, so that I can write this uh, MMA fantasy sci-fi epic yeah. novella. Yeah, she's pretty she was pretty great, let me say, especially, yeah. Can that, we take a chance to just give some relationship advice on the podcast, mm-hmm. Raph? Let's From, do that. You two are both yeah, married. So, hey, people out there, save that type of big, hard-hitting news for the holidays. You know, mm-hmm. put that in a card under the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting an MMA science fiction novella. I'm, I'll and be it's back. going to take, yes. And I'm also going to make the uh, the note here that whatever you got her for Christmas, you need to go buy her something else right this minute. Like as soon I, as we I definitely, I probably should. We're we're currently in. Uh, we had our first child. We had a newborn. Um, Congratulations. Uh, less than, less than thank you. Less than two months ago. So we're currently in like we're in this phase where we're not talking to each other, and and our baby she just sits between us, and we like have this weird weird conversation with the baby, but not to each other. So it's pretty. Pretty uh, strange. So Christmas gifts will come once we, you know, survive the uh, the slog of the, not the slog. <laughs> I mean, it's great, but just <laughs> the just, tired time right I'm now. I'm entertained by you, like <laughs> telling the baby. Um, yeah. I have read. I have read my daughter, who's less than two months old, ex- excerpts from the book. So Uh-oh. she'll be she'll be adverse to it. <laughs> uh, I do definitely like you passing messages to the child and being like, "Tell your mother." That uh, I <laughs> it'll was be like that very the chicken was a little dry. But, chicken was a little dry, but I feel like the rice passive, really, really passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, some organizational questions. I'm going to have a few of these throughout the podcast, but let's start here, okay? okay. And these are important to know for the book because um, this is an interesting sell. You're breaking new ground, and with breaking new ground, you always have some splaining to do. So uh, my first question to you is. Is this book a choose-your-own-adventure? Oh, I love those books. I grew up on those books. It sadly is not a choose-your-own-adventure, um, although that seems like a good idea for maybe a spinoff, um, because that sounds like a really cool idea, especially with jiu-jitsu. Because, you know, okay, would you rather go for the armbar or for the kimura? <laughs> the, I mean, again, you start to see the, the web I'm spinning in my head. So, okay. I like that, though. I like that idea. You're thinking, well... One, strike two coming up. Uh, how many photos are there in there, a.k.a. illustrations? So there's a, a cover photo. Um, when I, if you guys have it, it's, it's a kind of an illustration of an arm lock. Um, but beyond that, there are, are zero photos. It is all words. And out, Raph, out. Out, It's not, that no, I actually. Be, you know how they did. They did the Hobbit, and then they had the Hobbit kind of illustrated version, so that could also be an option for the future. Ha! Nerd test. Fail. <laughs> Never even read Do you the have Hobbit. a checklist? You've mentioned the Hobbit. That's nice. Uh, we won't talk about how terrible Firefly was. Uh, I just say that to hop nerds up. I use yeah, I do too. It's really great I when I'm like, ah, I haven't been this happy. A show was canceled since Firefly. And you could hear a dime drop and the engineers just kind of like slowly oh, turn no. their nerdy heads and just be like, what did he say? My wife loves Nathan Fillion and she's like, have you seen Firefly? And I'm like, no, I actually had friends growing up. So no. 
And she sat there trying to make me watch it. And I'm like, look, I like and respect Joss, but his writing just doesn't work for me. And as you mentioned, the Cauliflower Chronicles, our good friend Marshall Carper will message me on occasion just to find out why I hate Firefly. Like we're talking every couple months here. Is and he I a just, fan of Firefly? Yeah, of course he's he is. A he's a giant, a fan like, of Firefly. Look at him. That's good at him. He looks like a not like it. I'm not like a huge fan of Firefly, but I have watched it and I don't, I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of campy and just kind of fun. I wouldn't say it, it was, I don't know, my favorite show, but I did enjoy it. That's a borderline dislike. That may be enough for you to lose <laughs> your base. So I'm going to tell you right now, you better get that answer cleaned up because for me, I don't need to say that. I stuff. need a better answer. I have to work on that. Then I will work on that answer. We're going to work you through this book tour. I, I promise you. Here's my third question. <laughs> Thank for you. you. I need, I need a trainer. <laughs> well, don't worry. That's what we're here for. All right. Third question here. How many times did you use the name Gracie throughout the book? So there are zero mentions. So it's all back it's in. fictional. So back in. Yeah, so you, world <laughs> back in. Raph, I'm willing to overlook the pictures <laughs> thing. And no I'm back Gracie, in. No mentions of Gracie. Um, there are like some Easter eggs in the in the book for like MMA fans, but there's no real you know characters that are real life people. Um, both for the, the sake that it's a science fiction book, as well as so I don't get sued. And all the fights there are two announcers. One's taller and kind of annoying and a little slow. The other's uh, sharp witted but pudgy and a little condescending. <laughs> exactly, and they're always exactly. wearing black. Well, for it's as I crazy. Think for the illustrated sequel, I think we could definitely work on work on the, those as. as multiple characters i just hope that you make the mexican equivalent of them and that you know the uh the founding figurehead emilio <laughs> i like this i'm gonna write this down please do and know that i'll sue you for every one of these ideas you steal uh dude i told you that's why i wanted i didn't want without to get a glowing first. shout out in the <laughs> preface <laughs> I just, anything I, short i i will be on the suit so okay so you you're doing all of this can you give us your best sell on what it's about? Because Kevin and I, we haven't read it. And normally when we would do this okay. sort of thing, we do a lot of great research. But for this, we said if we know anything about it, that means that we actually have to like take this seriously. So we can't mock you. And that's like really that. a problem. I like that. So This is, can be part of my training. I can work this kind of like an elevator pitch. So like I run into like the head of some big publishing house in an elevator. Absolutely. Bam. I have like 10 seconds, right? Yep. That's the thing you got to kind of train for. I mean, in entertainment, okay. we tell the kids they have 30 <laughs> seconds, so we'll give you 30. 30? It's 30. Elevator, 30 seconds. Okay. So essentially, um, the combat code takes place in a world where war, um, war with, you know, devastating, powerful weapons has been replaced with MMA-style combat. So that's really the elevator pitch. As far as why that happens, what has made that feasible is, you know, a lot more details. Joe Rogan's in charge. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Bravo's so the master. Essentially, of... na yeah. nations, um, instead of investing their resources and, you know, weapons and tanks and, and, you know, planes, all that sort of stuff, they're investing in their fighters. And so that, that creates a whole environment around the fighters, such as a university system where each nation is training the best fighters and they're, they're putting, you know, massive amounts of 
pretty much what are steroids into them or Hell even yes. more powerful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, now we're getting interesting <laughs> because the picture out there Overeem. Overeem, you know, I'm you saw listening. him before the last fight. That's what we're talking. <laughs> That's amazing. Here's the thing. So can I ask a few more prodding questions? I Please yeah. do because I'm like tuned in. I'm just going to be okay. a fan over here. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> um, does somebody uh, – take the steroids unwittingly by having it in their shake? I wouldn't call it a shake as okay. much as like some injections, but it becomes, if you think about, I mean, not it, if there were this sort of environment where nations were essentially vested so much into their fighters, um, it becomes essentially like they're breeding their fighters. They're having people, you know, the best fighters. You have your Ronda Rousey and your Alistair Overeem. You're going to have them breed and make another a child because that's going to be a good fighter. That sounds like a really intense have... <laughs> thing between the two of those that I don't know I'd ever want to see. Yeah, it, it sounds like some sort of strange machination that you probably definitely wouldn't want to see. But in this world, um, these nations, every, they're pitting everything into these fighters, so they're going to do whatever it takes. Uh, let's go with question number four, which is, uh, does it turn into the Hunger Games? So the Hunger Games definitely was something on mind that a lot of people have said, oh, you know, even the cover, a lot of people have said it looks like a hun- the Hunger Games. Fair. Um, and there All definitely right, are right. parallels as far as um, people fighting, fighting <laughs> against against their will to some extent. Although in my book, um, the the kind of race of fighters, which are called Grievars, um, they like fighting. It's been essentially bred into them. That's their calling. Um, they... That's what they live for. So unlike Hunger Games where they're kind of fighting um, in the, wherever the Hunger Games – I have seen the Hunger Games as well as Reddit, but um, it's not against their will so much as they're, they're calling. Okay. And it's, it's unarmed mixed martial arts. Hunger Games, they throw in all the weapons, and it's kind of like, eh, she's a bow and arrow, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I guess the other thing is <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 boring – I really hope that's exactly how you were in the theater. You just saw, everything. and there's none of that. Last, you know, the thing of the Hunger Games is all that uh, love triangle stuff, and you know, who is she going with? Blah. You know, I mean, it's good, but it gets kind of old. You do know that that's the reason why girls go see those movies, though. Why do you think Titanic is. is such I a huge hit? So how are you going to sell it's the movie true. version of this? It's the same thing with that divergence. Uh, it's pretty much Hunger Games calling Titanic. I like Titanic. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course you did. Everyone. Of course you were going to like Titanic. <laughs> got a heart. <laughs> and what are the uniforms like? Give me a little... I want to know some fighter statistics here. As you say uniforms, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, what do they fight in? Okay, so that's actually a good question. So Thank you. in different nations, just like here, you know, you have Russia or let's say, you know, see Fedor training out in yeah. Siberia or whatever. Yeah. Hell and yeah. you have tropical... Na- tropical nations so it really depends on that and so if you are a fighter from a nation let's say that's tropical but you're going to fight someone in a very cold climate you have to put on a gi um a he- not just a regular gi but a heavy gi to fight it because you're you're not fighting in an arena you're fighting outside in the elements and these gis are kind of futuristic where they're kind of you know warming you um to the extent where if you don't if you're not wearing that gi you're at a huge disadvantage not only because you don't have grips and that sort of thing, but this gi is actually providing um, an advantage. So it's not only what they're wearing, but there's these things called circles, which is like the octagon. The circle is what all they all of them fight in, 
And the circles have different kind of properties where they influence the fighters differently. So a certain circle might kind of amplify the crowd around you. So it might make you more susceptible to, you know, if you go to, for example, Japan, um, in, you know, in real life, I'm talking, you know, how the crowds are notoriously very, you know, respectful and they kind of clap when they see really technical displays of grappling. And you might go to, for example, Vegas, which is kind of more of a, you know, brutish crowd where they boo when grappling starts and that sucks, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's kind of like that, but the circles, they're actually affected by the crowd. So the circle is affecting their head. So if the crowd is, you know, booing them, it might, you know, make them have less confidence or it could also, you know, give them confidence. And there's different types of circles. What did your wife say when you said the word groovers for the first time? Wait, you say grievers? Grievers. <laughs> Shit, grievers. Yes, when you were telling her about the deep she... dish rave that you went to with the groovers. <laughs> the groovers. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, the funny thing about writing a book is you, a lot of people think about the names, like both the names of the characters as well as the places and stuff, but that a lot of that stuff doesn't come out until editing where in order to keep writing the book and not, you know, get stuck in a rut, you just have to kind of put placeholders that are just really you know, I'll just write blah or whatever. And then you come back and editing and then you have to actually find a, a name for stuff. So I don't know if she's actually familiar with that at this point. We got into the process. I like that. Interesting. Uh, I have a few more <laughs> clarifying questions here. Shoot. Okay. Uh, is the IBJJF putting on these wars? They are not. The IBJJF is not in, in this futuristic dystopian world the IBJJF has been disbanded what hold on this sounds like an amazing place first of look all, out it's you just disbanded. sold 150 copies give or take yeah, yeah I think so many people were. They, they, no one likes the IBJJF or the Gracies in this futuristic world no just, they're not it's not it's sci-fi so they're not actually existing <laughs> okay okay uh, if that's the case follow up are heel hooks allowed yeah, there awesome. there are definitely heel hooks written. Whoa! Into the um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but in one of the final fights with the main protagonist, there is a heel hook that either someone hits on him or he hits on someone else. Mm. I guess you'll have to read it to find out. Okay, okay. I'm not going to ask any more about this. <laughs> um, this is a very important question for my own personal well-being. How closely yeah. does the plot of this follow the movie Kickboxer? Kickbox, dude, that's Van Damme, right? Oh, this is this is a rough answer. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah, it's Van Damme. Yeah, it's Van Damme. Okay, that's what I thought. It's more, I would say, of Van Damme movies. It's more of a cross between Universal Soldier and um, you know, and not, not Street Fighter. That's Time not Cop. Street Fighter, because that's the worst. Uh, not Time Cop. I would say Universal Soldier and Lionheart. That would okay. be the, 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 the meld I would go for. The reason why I'm saying no time Van Damme movies. movies, that means there's no splits. And uh, there may be, there actually is a split, but it's not as glorious as, as Van Damme's in time. Now. Okay. Well, I'm back out again. So we're going to have to see if we can work your way <laughs> I'm back. I'm still again. in. <laughs> I, I obviously didn't understand most of the Van Damme discussion, but I'm a big fan of not, not important. Do you have another? I actually want to see that. I want to see that JVCB movie. I've never seen that, but I've been meaning to watch that. 
Yeah. Which which one are you referring to? He didn't he do like a like a life like a real life documentary like more recently where someone followed him around. Not JCVD, but like a real one. Or- yeah, yeah, yes. I kind of want to see that. Yeah, you. I just I watch all things Van Damme because <laughs> yeah. I feel they teach me how to live my life. And yeah, of course. You know, it's it's so important. And the reason why I ask if it follows the plot of Kickboxer is that even if you literally just wrote down all the words from Kickboxer, I would buy that. <laughs> so it pretty much does follow the plot of Kickboxer. Um, <laughs> a guy down, a guy down on his luck, um, really, you know, has hit rock bottom and he needs to work his way back up through, you know, fighting. And there's definitely a sweet training scene. So, I mean, obviously the timing is like pretty close, but. You got the Star Wars thing in there. So how are you tying in your book to that wagon? Because it just became the biggest movie of all time uh, very quickly with its debut weekend here. So how have you tied in? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan of the old ones. I'm no, actually, you don't say. Uh, going on my first, my <laughs> first, since having a newborn, going on my first excursion without the baby to see Star Wars. So that will be my my get out of the house um, card to see Star Wars. But as far as tying combat codes in, I would say um, definitely the, the world, the world building. So Star Wars, I would say is classic. It's sci-fi, but it's not like straight sci-fi. It's like sci-fi fantasy. It's kind of like a fantasy world. Um, and there's a lot of sci- science fiction elements in it. I would say combat codes is very similar because I'm very heavily influenced by, you know, fantasy and it's not really the book isn't concentrating as much on um, you know the technology as much as the characters. I said I would say that's kind of a big thing with Star Wars. The other thing is not to get too geeky, but Star Wars is a classic example of um, like the Hero's Quest. You know, have you guys heard of that? It's like a classic arc in books, the Hero's Quest, where you have essentially the farm boy Luke <clears throat> who has something really bad happen to him. And he's sent on a quest, um, whether he knows it or not. And the combat codes definitely does have its own kind of hero's quest built into it. So that's that's a tie into Star Wars. Interesting. So are there droid robots? There are definitely droid robots, and I'm not even kidding. There, there's there are robots. <laughs> it is a futuristic world. Hells <laughs> yeah, uh, Raph. Yeah. I need to read there's- you what's on the cover. Please do of the combat codes. A novel. It's a quotation. Says an absorbing fight punk world. Dot dot dot. The perfect blend for fans of mixed martial arts and sci-fi. That quotation is from T. P. Grant. Kev, I think it's so funny that you mentioned that because uh, I happen to have T. P. Grant's uh, number at will that I can kind of call and text. <laughs> So I happened to ask him, I was like, what was your first thought when you were told or asked or approached? Do you have any idea what he said here, Alex? I approached him. Um, I'd been a big fan of you know his writing on Bloody Elbow, and I think I also had been in contact with him on like Reddit, on Reddit BJJ. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm writing this book for mixed martial artists, for you know, jujitsu fans as well as practitioners, people that are pretty knowledgeable about the subject. 
I don't, and there's a ton of fight scenes in the book that go very in detail to the, you know, actual mechanics of the fight. And there's all sorts of techniques in them. Um, I don't want to make any mistake mistakes. These people are going to call me out. So I said, I need, you know, some insurance here. So what can I do for insurance? I'm going to get someone who knows the game, who's a writer, um, who can, you know, go through my book and comb it for potential errors. Did Give I, you know, the 23rd mix? most respected <laughs> writer on bloody elbow. Nay, nay. <laughs> 25th. That's pretty respected. That's pretty damn respected though. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Would you like to know um, what he said in terms of uh, what was uh, his first reaction? I would like to know. All right. His first reaction. This is from T.P. Grant. He said, My Wait, first- did he tell you this after, while you, while you were interviewing him, for, or was this separate? No, this was literally about 10 minutes ago. I sent him a text. Okay, perfect. <laughs> he said, My first thought was, why the hell did he come to me? Hey, we asked that question. <laughs> that's, we just, agree. that's a standard T.P. Grant modesty, I think. Mm, right well, let's see, because that definitely plays uh, a role into what he says next. And he says, but I think most times anyone has asked me to write anything. So, again, modesty kicking in. But here's the part it's that I think you'll be Grant most modesty. entertained by, because yes. uh, I definitely think this is funny. And it's in reference to Kevin reading the back of the book, which is, Funniest part is that 80% of my friends don't do martial arts, don't care at all about my writing, but apparently getting a quote on a book cover is super impressive. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That is really good to hear. I'm I'm glad that his friends approached from that. (laughs) So if you can revise the book cover to do an ellipsis and then add that quotation on the back of it, I think you've got bestseller right there. In the the second edition. And just because of that, for the next... (laughs) The next book, because the second and third books are in the works, I, I need to get more T.P. <laughs> Grant quotes, and they will be more exciting. <laughs> I hope no, that- but all in all, he really did an awesome job. There was, like, little weird things that I messed up. You know, I mixed up, like, a Darth and Anaconda choke, and it's just devils in the details with this sort of thing, and he, you know, found them and... and Fight you know, edited the shit out of it, was able to fix you might say. It was funny. Yeah. He, uh, when we were doing commentating... He like my my co-host and I were really excited because it looked like Cyborg was about to set up a German suplex. And then he sends like a follow up tweet that was like it wasn't a German suplex because he never technically went over somebody's head. So I don't know (laughs) that you could say that. And I was like, look, kid, first of all, nobody asked you. Second of all, this is why you don't have friends. Third of all, oh man, (laughs) who the fuck do you think you are to tell me? I love that. That's why. I, that's exactly why. That's the type of people we need. I know, but it's also definitely like. Of course, he was going to become a writer because what else does this person do? That's like, well, I think uh, that's uh, could uh, be an actual anaconda choke. So tell me, can you tell me what? It's, I don't know what is a German suplex. Oh, what is a German suplex? So basically, I mean, it's a more powerful Luxembourg <laughs> suplex. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly just a, a regular suplex, but you yell out a lot and angrily as you do it. <laughs> you scream you scream in German while yeah. you do the suplex. That, I mean, that I, takes you back to some family members, Rap. Sorry, you hit a nerve. <laughs> I mean, that's how I learned it. I mean, you guys tell me if you think differently, listeners, but you're probably wrong. So I'm positive. I like that. Okay, it's so it's always intimidating if someone's screaming at all. Well, have you guys ever rolled with them and they're kind of like screaming? It's kind of yes, absolutely. The I combat codes people. is on Amazon. Just as a heads up, <laughs> sorry, I was throwing the. 
I, I definitely have rolled, and I, I think Kevin has too, but there's one person who one time started a roll with me, and I think it's the funniest thing somebody's ever done in starting one, where they said, till death. Right before we started, I was like, man, I'm fucking pumped. Let's do this. Let's do this one to the death. <laughs> and what did the roll end up like? Well, I was uh, rolling with a black belt. Raph's here. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm on a podcast and we haven't heard much from them. So. <laughs> Somebody had to die. Exactly. That's what happened, Alex. You're a fan. <laughs> Pretty intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I just also like that this is exactly the type of thing you need to add in your next book because if somebody were to add uh, a till death, I feel like that's that's something that you could really, really uh, make as your own kind of thing. And in, in that world, it would make sense. In the real world, well, when somebody def- tells you yeah. that, you're just kind of like, Those what? sort of lines, I need a line, I think I need a line like that, like kind of Princess Bride, you know, Inigo Montoya, like, you killed my father. <laughs> well, you there need a death. romance story if you're going to do that, so... You know, your there may farm be a boy, little bit of that. Your farm boy better find uh, somebody to love that's not his uh, like twin sister you didn't know about this whole time because that'd be kind of rad. <laughs> Is there a way someone's about to throw someone and they yell "throw him to the stars"? Does that have like, a good? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just, that could also be a scene. <laughs> I thought I'd throw out some ideas. Was that not what we were doing? Throw I thought we stars. were. I thought we were brainstorming. Just Does gravity affect anybody? <laughs> I thought we were volume twoing this. Are we not? And that there's no. Gravity? Do you think gravity affect people in this world? Yeah, does gravity affect rolling when you're doing that? Because I, I guess I never thought of that. Uh, there is gravity in the combat codes. I've read, I've read some books where I feel like I see these threads pop up all the time where it's like, what would rolling be like in zero gravity environment? Have you guys seen those sort of things? Or is no, I, you <laughs> know, I work for a living, so like I've thought about it though. I have thought just about it. I've spent time. some time. In, yeah, like just you know, it's the only cool thing about being an astronaut. Ninety nine percent of it sucks, but there's that one percent where it's like I could float around, and if somebody else did jujitsu, we could get some really quality training in. I think and it would I, be amazing. And I guess on my side, I saw somebody rolling in a bounce castle on Instagram, and I said, <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's gonna come to mind now. Yeah, well, that's Was a birthday that, party. Were there like kids? Did they one? just like go to a kid's birthday party and 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 start rolling? Because that could be looked. It was Andre Galvan's. Oh, what are you talking was, about? Oh, okay. A kid. If it's Andre Galvan, he, he <laughs> was, can do whatever he wants. It was Galvan's birthday party. It was, he and JT threw like eight party. gallons he, of baby oil. It was beautiful. You should have seen it. <laughs> it was really strange, though, when they entered with just like no shirts and then like, <laughs> and also no pants or any other clothing. It was crazy. It's really awkward uh, when the kids always, are still in there yeah. and they're like, what the fuck's this? Yeah, like, I guess we should I leave. I see that being a problem. It seems like those guys, you they, think, they, but it they works. really like going in public, like on the beach and, and kind of, you know, rolling and get, you know, dressing down and then rolling on the beach and that sort of thing. So well, it wouldn't surprise You me. also have to understand, like, we've had the chance to ask JT about this. And JT's like, everybody who talks about him says he's highly competitive in that way. And the other thing is, because he's so talented, he actually puts up a good fight against Galvo. So Galvo knows that, that yeah. and says, I need this because I've got the whole world coming after me. I got ADCC. I've got, uh, well, my daughter here, she's probably going to take me on pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who knows? I mean, my wife at the same point, also a black belt. So wait, Raph, are you hmm. saying Galvan's such a Jedi? He did it as a statement to the world. He's willing to fight anywhere 
any time just to stay prepared. There's a lot behind the smiliness of Andre Galvo. Sorry, we're going so, places. Alex. There's something behind it. He definitely is a Jedi. That would be a good way to describe it. And he doesn't let you think that because you'll talk with him and you'll be like, you know, how are things going? He's like, oh, it's great, man. You know, lots of love <laughs> and uh, all my team and Atos. And you're just like, wait, he's already thinking how he'd take me down. Yes. I'm terrified. <laughs> to be talking with him. You got to think these, I mean, his wife is a black belt and obviously he's just con all his friends are black belts. You got to think like Mendez brothers, you know, they grew up together. They have such an advantage. People that are just have like a twin, especially people with a twin. That's what really gets me is people that are twins. They have like a, a mirror image to train with. It's like the best. I feel like there's so many twins or like Diaz brothers. They're not twins, but they've sure. essentially been fighting with each other since they were, you know, out of the womb. I mean, <laughs> that's a very probably before statement. that, if I had to guess. And I don't know that they're twins, but I definitely think they share one brain <laughs> together. Uh, Alex is basically saying, "Meow Brothers, he's open to a super fight, and uh, he's willing to promote the book with it." So think about that. Like, you that mean meows? Like one goes on top of the other's shoulders? It's like a transformer type thing. Uh, they get to tag team in and out. The rest of us just get to. So they would be the a combined probably two hundred pounds. So I would love to see that them two against like uh, Josh Barnett. Oh, we've been we talking about that, that as a Meta Morris matchup. Thank you for we said that last <laughs> that would actually, time. I would, I would pay good money to see two meows against Barnett. Thank you. I mean, we know. It, <laughs> as soon as it happened, it was like, oh well, <laughs> we know who the clear next in line is. Uh, everyone seems to think yeah, it's no, crazy. No. Or impossible, but you know we have a dream. <laughs> Alex, tell people where they can find your book. Give us a little pitch on where they can find you, your book, and when you release volumes two through forty-eight. Yeah, so uh, the Combat Codes it's available on Amazon currently. the The paperback was just released, um, and as far as the Kindle version, I, I don't think we actually got Kevin to the paperback versus Kindle argument yet. But the, the Kindle version is available on January 8th. Um, for those of you that like to read, you know, you can download the, the Kindle app or if you have a device, you can download it for that as well. So it's event, if you just type combat codes into Amazon. And most um, devices. It pop up. Most devices will get it. iPhones and such. <laughs> and I like, I personally, not because, you know, it's it's it costs more money, but I like the paperback just because we were talking, you know, I like having my hands on a physical book sometimes, but I totally also understand why people like Kindle. Um, it's a lot more, you know, mobile as far as being able to carry it around. You know, I think it's an interesting pitch, and I think that you you made a good case for it. But Kev, do you think there was something missing through that whole pitch that he did? Like that whole time he was talking, I was like, it sounds like similar you know allegory and and parallel to our world but what's missing in that book maybe in the sequel pictures there's that but it sounds like you know it's one thing that the world would exist with that you know combat but what's a world with combat without podcasters or individuals who help shape the narratives that happen in those well, books? that was fascinating the mm. press is certainly a factor in today's so you Absolutely. think in in the future with the role it plays now, maybe it would be even more mm -hmm. of a dystopian place. So there's that. definitely room for some anarchists behind the mic. 
Absolutely. And I think I it would be so important to have people who would shape that narrative, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, viewing it from the sidelines. I don't want to say they're main characters, Kev, but like <laughs> the, the word secondary never comes to mind when you hear their names. Yeah, I, I definitely how would you am... describe these these characters. How would you describe them? Well, Good one's looking. super great looking and the other one's like a bum. <laughs> one of them <laughs> seems to be charming and people like them. And the other one's kind of like a control freak, but it, it works right. in like a cool way. And like one is like smart to the other one's inherent stupidity. Um, the other one might step on a landmine if the smart one didn't help out and mm-hmm. like pull them around every once in a while. And like, I, see what you're saying. I think the hardest part about their dynamic is, is that people view them uh, as a unified unit together, um, but that clearly one's more talented than the other. So I also, like, it's kind of like C three PO and R two D two. Not quite. Oh, God damn it! Nope. <laughs> I, even, I thought I thought we had maybe just pitched one of the Chicago episodes. I thought the people were in the bag were like Chicago lawyers. Is that what you're describing? Because we're in we're in development. We've got Space another Chicago lawyers. law show coming. Coming soon to NBC, created by Dick Wolf. <laughs> They're in space. <laughs> they do the law. Space Warriors. Oh, um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Saying I will that. definitely. I think. I I think you guys are right. The the um, press it definitely plays a role in this book. And there's something called System View, which is pretty much like the the broadcast system that everybody watches all the fights around the world on. So there definitely needs to be for the sequel, some sort of, you know, character that, that can take on that. And I mean, it'd role. be really interesting if one had experience working in broadcast television and networks. Um, it's just weird. I don't know who that would be. Anyway, food for thought. <laughs> I think it would sell a lot more copies. Uh, but what do I know? Just throwing out ideas. I just, duly uh, noted. Spinning hot fire. <laughs> Um, Alex, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you coming on our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. This is the Christmas episode? This is the oh, holiday thank you Christmas. Guys. I'm honored. I'm honored. I really appreciate it, guys. Seriously. Thank you so much. The Combat Codes. People, you can get it on Amazon. Alexander Darwin. Alex, thank you so much for swinging by the podcast. We will talk to you again soon, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a happy holidays, and I will talk to you soon. I Wait, one more dig before you leave. Go yeah. for what it, was your last Shoot. name Darwin? <laughs> that was never brought up. Like, isn't that a slam dunk for the whole science universe? Yeah, it's just I, I lucked out. It's actually, a, it, guys, it's actually a pen name, Alexander Darwin. I thought it would sound cool. It actually has some significance, but it's a pen name. Interesting. Should have just gone A my period secret, Darwin. Secret. It's kind of like Clark Kent. I'm kind of keeping my secret ident- my identity secret. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Darwin. Dun, dun, dun. You're the last person to ever get to call themselves Clark Kent on our show. Raph, how do we close the podcast when we we already did the nice shout-out segment? Um... I don't know. That's kind of the thing we do at the end. We can thank guests. Okay. Let's do that. We can thank Eddie Cruz. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great story. And uh, I just – I think it's really cool to to hear a little bit of perspective of what he's going through and hopefully we can help him out. We can thank Alex Darwin of the Darwin family. Boy, can we ever. (laughs) The author of The Combat Codes. Ton of fun to talk to. 
and we can just reflect on what an amazing year it's been. This has been 2015. We celebrated three years. We hit 150. There's tons of new stuff coming down the way. Yeah. Well, we haven't hit 150 yet. We're we're slowly, fastly approaching. Oh, we're uh, rounding third. We're rounding third. Just round up for <laughs> once. No. Just live a little. I'll release a little extra. We'll make this a three-part. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is the one person when he says round the bases, he literally just means like, just no, seriously, don't don't touch it. it. Just get straight to home plate. Just call it a game. That's how you know he's a true Kansas City Royals fan. Anyway, stole it. We did shout outs, so that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. A good year. Thank you.